Good morning out there, podcast listeners, or noon or night, whenever you happen to be joining the broadcast. I am telling you what, this show is getting more fun for me every day. Today's topic, we're going to discuss labels, clarity, and your path on this episode of 50 Years Later with Jim Bumgarner. And welcome to this episode of 50 Years Later with Jim Bumgarner, and that's me. And today's topic, as we continue to roll through a show that's about nothing but everything all at the same time, thinking about labels, clarity, and your path. You know, it's so funny. Um, Again, over the past two years, I found myself really digging wide and not so deep (laughs) as I thought I was when it comes to uh, a lot of self-help stuff. And mainly because I was, I wasn't, well, let me clarify. I uh, wasn't looking to someone for an answer, but I was most certainly looking for ideas and perspectives on answers. And the question, of course, being, you know, what are we doing and why are we here? You know, and in that, I, have, I explored a lot of the, the online and traditional self-help gurus. And in that exploration, I did come across a few. Some I had heard of before and some I had not ever. And some that were just new that popped up. Um, but in that, though, it's funny because on the whole, the ones that had what I found to be worth for me um, were all saying basically the same thing. The thing to, that I was watching out for was their motivations in doing what they were doing. Um, and I'm not going to fault anyone who chooses the self-help industry as a vocation. Because some people are fantastic storytellers and teachers. They really are. And they can take a concept that's hundreds if not thousands of years old and reword them in a way that speaks better to a modern audience. And I truly appreciate that. Then there are the others that you can tell are mapping things out for a plan or program for you to purchase that takes the one idea and expands upon it forever and ever. And then the other ones who can just keep pulling from the the, uh, the magician's hat to continue expounding upon these things solely for the purpose of profit. And again, I'm not judging in that. I mean, it's like you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you go down the road and decide that that's something you want to invest your money into, I think you should. Be careful, be cautious, really look at the price tag and see exactly what it's worth to you. For me, um, I don't know. You know, it's like there's a couple of the, of the folks out there that I really appreciate the content that they've put out so far that is like, man, this is good stuff. You know, I want a reward. That whole thing you give and then you will be, you know, there people will reciprocate in return. And sometimes that's by a very calculated design and methodology. But I personally will support by way of purchasing books. I don't do the courses and things like that. I just, and plus the price tag on most of those things, in my opinion, are ludicrous. Uh, Write a book and then we'll talk. If you could add more to the book that you've written, 
with more hands-on things and workshops and such, I'm pretty cool with that. But again, the price tag is still something that um, I understand the perception that people have, and you yourself may fall into this trap, that if something is inexpensive and or cheap, you don't see value in it. So if there's a big price tag on it, well, by golly, it must be worth more. Well, be careful there, okay? Now, that's not to say that the name brand versus the generic is not, in fact, superior, but it's still be careful and cautious. And honestly, I'm cheap, man. On the whole, I like looking for the deals and the bargains. It takes a lot to win me over to pay full pop on pretty much anything. I've got to really, really want that thing to pay a full pop price. That's, you know, beyond what I would consider normally reasonable. Anyway, the point being, in that exploration and listening to a lot of different people and reading a lot of different books um, and finding the commonalities in all of them, that helped me get to where I am right now. And there's no one particular um, methodology that I really embrace as an end-all, be-all. Because that's the biggest thing that I've learned. The only end-all, be-all that I do 100% ascribe to is that we are all on on a journey that has no end. Okay? One of the things I found in my own personal exploration is that to consider life as a journey with a bookend is a mistake. The reason being that in a journey that has a start and stop, an act one, act two, act three structure, is that you are chasing a final destination. And reality is, the only destination you're going to have with this human experience that's guaranteed is going to be death of the body. That's going to happen. Sorry, it's just true. But that is okay because that journey and that experience is great because it does give you a little bit of clarity when it comes to living your life for me. Okay. It's like, I know one day this thing is going to expire. So I don't know when no one knows when, um, well, I ain't going to say that because I don't want to plant a seed in someone who may be half cocked out there. But the reality is no one really knows the day. So I do ascribe to live and embrace and enjoy every moment of the now today, today. So that's that's my take on all of that and in inside of that the reality that really showed itself to me solidified itself is the trappings that come from things such as using the term journey when it comes to life because inside of that you are starting to fall into the construct of a label and I've said this before get rid of your labels. Don't ascribe to them. Because in ascribing to a label, you're immediately trapping yourself. And when you ascribe a label to another person, you're trapping them into a box. And that's easy to do. I mean, we're all conditioned to think in that manner. Because in a civilized society, there are certain 
paths that are cut out and certain blocks that exist to be in for a particular purpose. And in a society, there's nothing technically wrong with that because sometimes you've got to have the rules and order to be able to maintain civility. Maybe not you, enlightened one, but for others that aren't on a path to try to find better knowledge of themselves and, well, everything, eh, they get lazy and just don't do it. So the labels, well, you got to wrangle a human sometimes. Do what you got to do. But with that said, labels, labels, labels really jumped out at me this morning, last night and this morning and thinking about that. Labels themselves are so funny because everything has a label to one extent or another. Even in being what you believe to be a free thinker with an open mind, you've got a label. So it's like, I guess it's degrees, the degrees of your labeling. But be careful and cautious that your labels aren't what define you in a very definite manner. Be careful of that. And it's just, it's so funny. Because in today's climate and society, and what we've experienced over the past couple of years now, those label lines have been so been cut so hard. And it's understandable because in an uncertain world that was always uncertain and chaotic, but gets amped up in its uncertainty and chaos, it's nice to find something to fall into that gives you a sense of security. But it can also be a trap. So be cautious of that because, again, this is my perspective. And that's part of the, that's really the biggest point about this entire podcast is that my perspective and observations are just that, mine. And you have yours. I'm just sharing mine to hopefully encourage you to dig deeper into yours, not to change your mind, but instead to give you the opportunity to think a little differently than you do. That's really, to me, the most important thing about the human experience. When we look where we are now with technology and the way commerce is done, it's it's very interesting to see. And you have to wonder, uh, we'll, throw, we'll go with the conjecture aspect of things. Once upon a long time ago, say a hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, commerce amongst humans involved a town square a downtown area where once a week, on average, people would go to the town square to do their shopping for the week or the month, maybe. And it was a, an event, a to-do, a thing that was important in that, not just because they were getting their supplies for a set time period, but they also got to interact with the people of their town. And it was a good social thing. Now we fast forward 100 years, and all of that has transitioned and went through the changes to become online shopping at home that gets dropped at your door. Personally, I enjoy that convenience. I like that convenience. Um, it's a it's a spread out world now. You know, you don't have a centralized hub downtown where you can take care of all your needs and wants. So, in that, it's convenient and it's nice. It makes living comfortable. There's nothing wrong with being comfortable. Um, you should be. It's like, who wants to be miserable all the time? There's no reason to walk 20 miles to school uphill in the snow, you know? 
But at the same time, though, it's also scary because you got to find your balance point there because once just in that one aspect where you're not going out and socializing and interacting with other human beings, um, you're losing a part of the experience of being human because we are very social creatures. We are. We love interacting with one another even when we act like we don't. It's because those moments, be they the ones that make you smile or the ones that make you sad or angry, they are adding to the color of your bookshelf. And it gives you the, that opportunity to grow in the interactions with our fellow red-blooded, all-human creatures. And it's, it's fun, you know, to, to make those observations and have something to talk about later. Did you see what happened there? Huh, interesting. I wonder why. I don't know. Let's talk about it. But, again, it's, it's funny watching that, but that's here or there. Second point in regards to uh, this particular topic is this clarity, or this episode, this clarity of thought. And that's kind of where I went right, well, I started with, and so I kind of knocked them out of order. But clarity is funny, because clarity comes at the most remarkable times, in the most remarkable ways, and in many instances, over time, will evolve and change. I want to use an example for you, like the movie Avatar. came out 10 years ago or whatever it was, the first one. And for me personally, with all the hype and everything else that was going on with it, I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. And and I watched it and it's like, okay, sure, whatever. It's it's, it's a cartoon. It's a very lifelike looking cartoon. The graphics are very much impressive. The story is solid. It's a good hero's journey for Jake. And it's Cowboys and Indians. There it is, all wrapped up. That's Avatar summed up. No spoilers, but there you go. And that was it for me. Now, there are members of of my family that absolutely loved that movie. I mean, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And apparently a lot of other people did too because it raked in uh, the title of being the highest grossing film of all time. Fantastic. You know, eh, whatever. That was me then. Me now after my own personal experiences and perspectives growing and clarity and things and the nature of reality, I realize well, what it seems to me now when it comes to Avatar being the first flick, the story itself is far less about those simple topical things. The hero's journey, yes, that's very important in it. The Cowboys and Indian bang-bang shoot-up thing, yeah, okay, yeah, that's the where the narrative is framed around and all the other bits and points along those lines. But truly, at its core, in my observation, is that the film Avatar is James Cameron's take and sharing on enlightenment. Enlightenment. Because the character of Jake, Sully, I guess is his last name, that character goes through an incredible hero's journey from being the former soldier who's busted up and war-torn to opening his eyes and his mind by way of this avatar of this big blue thing to see a new reality. And in the end, it's that connected consciousness that connects him permanently to 
that new reality he's been exposed to. I could go on and on and on and reflecting on that. I watched it last night, mainly because uh, the, the, the family was talking about going to see Avatar 2. Personally, I don't really care to. Why? Because after the events of the first Avatar film, for me, I see... Because it was very complete. With a great cliffhanger at the end when the Avatar that Jake had been controlling and such was now apparently him. His soul had transferred into it. Um, and that's cool. But this is now, Avatar 2 is going to be a story that pretty much picks up from there and moves forward. Don't know much about this. I've heard some, some of the plot points and everything. And that's great, whatever. But it's just a story that, for me, didn't necessarily need to be told because of the story that was told in the first one. But again, that's, that's say, I, I don't knock any fandom. Whatever your bag is, that you love those characters and you want to know more about their continuing adventures, great. I personally, though, like the idea of, in many ways, letting my own imagination run with who those characters end up becoming and what their adventures are after their journey has concluded that was shared by the creator of that property. Case in point, Star Wars. The original Star Wars trilogy, we watch Han, Luke, and Leia and all the peripherals go through their various heroes' journeys. They're all transformed from the beginning of A New Hope to the last frame of Return of the Jedi. They've all went through huge character arcs and growing and building. And so at the end, when we get to that final act of that three-act trilogy play, we've, we've seen a different or a growth in all of those characters. So whenever we see that they have picked it up, you know, 30 years later, and it, for all intents and purposes, all of the things that those characters had went through and become and evolved into all came crashing down. Han, Luke, and Leia went from being the heroes of the day to the surreal curmudgeons. That sucks. That was nowhere near where I ever took any of those characters and their adventures. Along the way since then, the end of the original Star Wars trilogy, I had I picked up a couple of the books along the way, the continuing adventures of Luke Skywalker. And they were great. They really were. They were fun. But to have a finite thing like that new trilogy movie series, that eh, it's like you're missing the point. I firmly to the the Disney Lucasfilm concoction that they became. I don't like it. It's it's so depressing. There's nothing hopeful at the end of those stories at all. Damn shame. But again, it's one of those things that you you know it is what it is for whatever reasons. But I don't know. It's just funny to to think about that clarity in regards to those stories and characters and their impact on my perspective of storytelling and characters and such. And again, clarity. Clarity is so funny. It really is because there's, you, if you reflect on moments in your life and experiences in your life, when you think about 
what you believe to be truth and fact at any given time, only to find out months, years, decades later that, well, maybe not. Because you've got experience and perspective behind you that's giving you better clarity to certain aspects that you knew to be true that turned out to be not as true as you thought or not as clear as you thought or not as important as you thought or you made them too important I don't know it's a fascinating subject wrapping this one up though into this uh, final part uh, thinking about your path and this is kind of going back to where I started on this when it comes to for me going down the road of looking and reading a lot of the self-help folks out there my path demanded that you know my entire life I've been one to be open-minded to a lot of perspectives mainly thankfully because of the vocation that I chose in broadcasting um if you're and as part of my broadcasting journey, I was also a journalist in that. Actually, journalism led to broadcasting more so than as simply an entertainer in the industry. So it was, I was thankfully, you know, taught in a manner that really was middle of the road journalism to where you look at both sides and present both sides of a story. And do it in an unbiased manner. It's like, this is, okay, here is the topic. This is what this side says as the positive. This is what this side says as the negative. So in between, I don't know. That's for you to decide. But these are the facts of the matter. I have no, and then I can give you history on the the starting topic. And then you put on your thinking cap and your critical thinking cap and go from there. But you've got the facts as best they can be known. So with that said, as I was questioning my own particular points in life, especially over the past 15 years, there have been many of them to where I was like, why am I doing this? And I would, have, I would find an answer or I'd come up with an answer. And that coming up with an answer is the one that can bite you in the butt. Because when you come up with it, odds are you're going to find yourself forcing some things that aren't a matter of persevering through so much as, yeah, I'm going to get through it because of this. And it becomes one of those anchors or rocks around your neck like I talked about before. Um, you're doing it out of habit. And you oof, got to be careful there. But your path is indeed your path. But when you're Find, when you're on your path, because you can't, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it, my friend. Wherever you are, whoever you are, listening wherever you are, whenever you are, no matter what you do in life, that is your thing. You are on a path. And again, I want to throw out or kick over that bookend that I, the connotation that comes from the using the word journey. Um, because no, I want to break that habit for you because I had to break that habit for me. I'm not on a journey. I'm simply exploring. And this adventure will never end. There's one phase of it that will, and that's this three-dimensional, five-sense experience as a fleshy human. Yes, that is going to end one day. And I'm 
going to enjoy all the things of being a 3D, five cents, fleshy human. Because I was so caught up on trying to find out the after effects. What happens after? What happens after? Well, you know what? It will be. Whatever it is, it will be. So I don't need to worry about that aspect because I am blessed and fortunate at this point to be having this experience. This experience. And it's a really good one. Even when it's got the nasty parts in there, the parts that suck, that hurt, that are painful, they're there. And that's okay because it adds to the color of the story. So in your path, in your adventures, I really hope that this podcast can encourage you to to really embrace that aspect of life. Because one of the things that we all, I'm telling you, I can't think of anyone that isn't doing the exact same thing. But I do see them do, on different scales and degrees, their stopping points. They found a bookend. Like the narrative of go to work somewhere. This is the baby boomers got sucked into this one, man. But you go to work for a place 20, 30, 40 years and then you get to retire and enjoy your life. I've always found that from the first time I realized that when I was just a kid. As a kid, I believed it. But then as I got just a little bit older, I'm I'm not even talking about barely into the teen years. I don't think I even made it to the teen years before I figured out that, eh, this is stupid. This is a dumb idea. Because the first time you experience the failings of that, that that 20, 30, 40 year relationship with a company making someone else's dream come true for trading time for money um, can be changed beyond immediately and outside of your control. That is not a good deal, kids. It's just not. And I experienced that. My dad, he had worked for a company for 26 years. Yeah, from the time he was 16. And was doing great. It was a good life. It was good. It was fun. And then one day they said, yeah, we sell the company and here's a year's severance. Good luck. So that narrative and that construct that had been designed went right out the damn window. And it's like, wait a minute. This is how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to do this for another 20 years and then then I get to enjoy it. Oh, wow, now you just took away the lifeline and it's all gone. And I knew right then and there, that was in 1988. And I knew right then and there, that was never going to be a path for me, ever. And it was funny because with that revelation, I guess I was about 14 when that happened. And from there, I just made up a mind. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. It won't work. I've seen it firsthand. And it wasn't just my dad. I saw it with so many other families. And in the neighborhood. And I was like, eh, okay, that's, that's, that's stupid. But yet people were still buying into it. And when I was in school, and right after school, and like I said, I was going to be a broadcaster, period. I already knew that. And I chased down the opportunities and this, that, and the other. Many of them just opened up to me. But I would get so much grief from other members of the family that would be like, man, you just hop around too much, da, 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 you didn't... So? <laughs> that didn't bother me then. There was somewhere in my in the in the back of my mind, not in my subconscious, but in the back of my mind, that would give in to those feelings of guilt 
in regards to that stick to narrative, that was a load of crap, man. And I knew it, but at the same time, though, it gets beaten to your head. You can find yourself feeling guilty about that. No, man. No, no, no. Don't do that to yourself. If you are a Gen Xer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because there are very few people in my generation that I personally know that have been able... I mean, I mean, I'm talking a small fraction that have been able to graduate high school or graduate college, go directly into that world of work and still be at that same spot. I, I mean, it's just true that things change. Money doesn't make any more money. They got to do something else. They jump around and you career build then. Notice how they changed that narrative. Well, so you're here for a while. Then you grow and go this way. Yeah, shut up. But that was part of my path. And I'm sharing it with you. And you may connect on that level too. Just to think about things. But to know that yours is yours. And I'm not here to encourage you one way or another to make a choice that isn't your own. I just share my perspective on what's worked for me. So far. Because as we continue to go, those labels will come and y'all either embrace them or pitch them away. The clarity of life in your questions will come and evolve if you're paying attention and continuing to think. And then your path will continue on beyond what you may know now. And odds are it will do so in spite of yourself. And that's a good thing. It really is. I got to wrap this one up, kids. We are uh, just about ready for the day job, which has been a new experience. It's been a lot of fun because inside of this day job, I'm doing things I never dreamed I would have done, ever, because of the shaky knees and heights and no. But you know what? Face those fears and moving forward with it. And uh, I'm not going to say, oh, it's been a feeling of elation, of accomplishment and success that I did it. No. It's just that I trusted my intuition and my personal perspective in moving forward in life. And you know what? I'm good with that. A little clarity. Have a good one until next time, gang. And remember, you've got to have the three keys for everything that you want. And they're simple and available to you now at no cost. Imagine, believe, and take action. Have a good one, everybody.